Hello everyone, you're about to listen to an encore presentation of the podcast. This is from the very first season from three years ago when I first started this podcast. It's called Playing In Around the Machine. You know, talking about sort of the idea of tinkering with, with things in life. I also talk about gratitude and I talk about sort of a number of things in this episode. And I listened to it over again and I thought it was pretty good that if it's okay to sort of to give myself a little, you know, slap on the back, right? To say I think I like the episode and think you may find it interesting. So, here we go. Hello, this is Glenn. Welcome to a new episode of Other Moods. Uh, this episode is a little bit undisciplined, right? I'm just going to sort of talk, talk off the top of my head and see where the conversation goes. Hopefully, you know, we're too dangerous or too troubling. But just going to share some feelings and opinions on things or some insights or if you can call them insights. So the other day I was at the laundromat uh, doing laundry. I was looking at the machine. And they, they got these warning machines on the machine, like orange sticker, very bright. And it says, warning, risk of injury. Do not let children play in or around the machine. Which, of course, makes sense. Because you don't want kids making a mess or god forbid getting injured or worse while you know playing around with something they shouldn't but for some reason i just kept reading it over and over again it's just stuck with me when it says do not let children play in or around the machine and it made me think not about you know washers or dryers or even children but it made me think of us as a whole as people and seeing the machine as life and the systems like you know politics government uh the so the apparatus and how we conduct our everyday lives and we are sort of in the machine we're in the machine we're part of the machine of, of this thing that we're that we're living in and we do have risk of injury from it but maybe we should play more with it. And I don't mean play as in like the sort of fun play, you know, that you do for when you're a kid just to have fun or even if you're an adult, play video games, whatever you do. But I mean playing as far as like seeing what's going on, tinkering around, right? And by me on that is we sort of, we accept these things in life. We accept our lives and say, this is the way it is. This is the way things are. This is the way society works. And this, that's how it is. And there have always been a number of people who say, well, wait a second. Maybe society should not work this way. Especially when it comes to uh, issues of justice and inequality. But to me, there's even a broad, even broader conversation. It, it sort, of, sort of takes in everything from how we work to how we go to school to how we spend our free time, our weekends, our recreational activities. And what would like be the like best way to live for every single person on the planet? What would be the, like the optimal condition <clears throat> for us? Would that mean more leisure time? Would for some people it might mean maybe some people some people like work, some people, especially if it's something they're really passionate and dedicated about. So some people it might be more work. Some people it might be more attention paid towards uh, some sort of craft or art. It may be attention paid towards people, relationships. 
So I think we should always be trying to play in and around the machine, right? We should always be trying to sort of find other ways uh, to make this life uh, more abundant in many ways and not just accept because we wouldn't be where we are right now if we would just accepted things the way they are and just say, okay, this is how it is, this is how it's going to be. And that's on a broad scale, a societal scale. But I think individually, we all have the sort of capability of taking the evaluation of our lives and saying, you know what? Maybe it doesn't have to be this way. Some people live certain places and they be like, I have to live here for whatever reason. And it never crossed their mind to think, well, you know what? Maybe I don't have to live here. Maybe I could move to another town or another state or maybe even another country. Or maybe they have a job that pays well. And they're thinking, I can't leave this job because it, it pays well and this is what I went to school for. This is my experience. But what if they say, you know what? What if I switched careers and went and did something else? Or maybe started my own business. Or maybe someone who has their own business says, you know what? I really don't want to have my own business anymore. I just want to do something else. Maybe I'll just go work for someone and have less pressure on me. And maybe it'll be less money, but maybe I'll be happier. So I think we always should sort of be sort of plain in thinking around the machine uh, that is governing our lives. And back to that laundromat, there's another sign that I saw, several signs on the floor because of the pandemic that say, thank you for keeping, thank you for social distancing. And you see these signs in many stores you go to, many public places that are promoting social distancing to keep people safe. And uh, the thing that has caught my attention about many of these places that uh, many of these signs say six feet apart, which has been the recommended distance to keep from people when you're out in public. But many places, because of the confinement of the space, uh, the signs are not actually six feet apart. Sometimes they're closer. Uh, in some rare instances, you may seem even farther away. Uh, six feet apart has become sort of more, in some cases, a symbol of to be mindful of your of your awareness be mindful be aware of of where you're at and who's next to you who's behind you and i think about you know how often are we are being aware and not just from a physicality point of view but i mean as far as like uh, emotionally or even in other cases of how close we are to people how distant we are from people and that could be friendships and romantic relationships. Uh, that could be your whatever relationship you have in business or industry, whatever you're doing. But how often are we aware of how close or distant we are uh, from people? And sometimes we're very close. And I was watching something in the news the other day uh, about it was about it was a gratitude uh, theme, and they were talking about how contacting people and that you haven't spoke to in a while. And one person was saying, you know, social media, sometimes you forget that even though you're following people's lives and you know everything that's happening because they're posting pictures of them going to work or going on vacation or hanging out with their kids. But if you haven't spoken to that person in a long time, what do you really know except the surface? And social media can give us that sort of false illusion uh, that relationships and friendships are strong or steady or stable. I mean, they may not be. Now, 
that doesn't mean you, you, have, you don't have to call anyone. If you don't want to talk to someone, then you don't want to talk to them. That's your business. That's your right. Uh, but I do wonder if we, we self, somehow we trick ourselves into thinking a relationship is strong or steady because of we're so used to sort of having that person image be in front of us on our phone or our computer or whatever when it's really not. So I think about, you know, that sort of awareness, being aware of that, of who we're close to, how close we are to them. And sometimes you might be surprised. There may be people that you realize, oh, wait a second, I'm me and this person communicate a lot and we seem to have some insights into each other. You, you might have a friendship that is closer than you realize. And you might have a love friendship that you think is really close or relationship that's really close and it's actually not at all it's just very on the surface so I, I'm, I'm really interested in being aware uh, of of sort of the aspect sort of the aspect ratio of where these friendships and relationships are uh, in our lives now there's so much going on in the world and a lot of people are talking about stress and tension and anxiety and look you hear many suggestions how do you combat anxiety and tension meditation getting a good night's sleep uh, maybe listening to music uh, maybe listen to podcasts maybe not this podcast this podcast may not relax you it may stress you out i don't know but finding different ways to sort of decompress from sort of these situations uh, that we're living in sort of the current events if not the current events, so sometimes your life, just your life itself is very stressful. Whatever you're going through uh, with uh, work or family or your neighborhood, that might just be very stressful. Man, nothing to do with what's happening on the news. And how do you sort of navigate uh, that uh, environment? And I think one thing is actually being, going back to awareness, I think being aware that you're stressed out. Sometimes people don't even realize that they're stressed out. I think being aware that you're worried, you're anxious, sometimes is a starting point to some sort of relief. And then you can kind of decide, where do you want to do? Or excuse me, what do you want to do with that? Do you want to, uh, I don't know, crochet? Or do you want to paint? Do you want to listen to music? Uh, do you want to bake? Or maybe... The situation that has caused you anxiety or stress can be dealt with. And maybe you're just procrastinating uh, because you don't want to deal with it. But maybe if you dealt with it, that would relieve some of your stress. And, and often we mistake procrastination with laziness. But often if procrastination is worried, worried that you're going to make a mistake or you're going to make things worse or you, you just don't, or you don't have the confidence that you can handle the situation. But often dealing with the issue can relieve sort of stress, even no matter what the outcome can be. I call it that some outcomes will make you even more stressful and more anxious. And you have to be mindful and you sort of have to vet everything. Uh, I believe you have to vet all your feelings and emotions. When you're feeling something, you have to ask yourself, why am I feeling this? Uh, what is the source of this feeling? It could be just a reaction to whatever is happening or whatever you're dealing with. It could be you're reacting to something else in that manner, something that it reminds you of another situation and you're reacting to that. Or maybe you're dealing with something that's in the subconscious. So I always say you should sort of 
just take a second look at your feelings. Uh, one thing I learned a long time ago is that emotions are not necessarily facts. Or not facts at all, right? Emotions are just emotions. Uh, they may be an indicator of facts. But sometimes it's an indicator of something else that has nothing to do with that particular situation where you may be feeling anxious or scared or angry or along the lines of that. So a lot of people, they may have a practice. They, have a med- they may have a meditation practice. They may have a prayer practice. They may have a spiritual component to their life and how they handle uh, these sort of things. And I think everyone should have sort of some sort of structure, uh, something that you can center yourself at at the end of the day or the beginning of the day. And it could be meditation. It could be yoga. It could be just, I don't know, doing jumping jacks. It could be reading poetry. It could be prayer. But I think having something that you can just go to where you can, like, have that, that's like whenever something you're feeling overwhelmed or maybe you're feeling directionless, you'd be like, I'm going to go to that. This is my this is my sweet spot, my safe space, so to speak, where I can go and I can be whole for a moment or more. I think everyone should have that. And it doesn't, it can be meditation, it can be religion, it can, be, it can involve ritual or something considered sacred. But I think, I think everyone has that sort of structure. And I think your day makes a little bit more sense. There's sort of like an exclamation point at the end of your day or there's a beginning of your day. It's like the sentence, like this is the first letter of the sentence. This is how I'm starting off my day with, you know, yoga or meditation or prayer or maybe it's making a smoothie or some sort of health drink or having something that sort of starts off with order. And then maybe you can end it the night, the day that way with the same type of thing. Or maybe it's just, hey, sometimes just watching an old movie before you go to bed is very relaxing and very peaceful. And I I mentioned gratitude before. Uh, Gratitude is really uh, amazing. And I'll be honest with you, gratitude is not something that I practiced for a long time. In fact, gratitude was something... I saw gratitude as almost a, a sign of, not a weakness, but I saw gratitude as maybe a form of surrender. Because I felt like if I was grateful, then did that mean I didn't have any aspiration for more than I was grateful for? So I never really understood gratitude until a couple of years ago. And, you know, being grateful for, you know, just waking up, or being grateful for, you know, having food on your plate, or having a roof over your head, or having friendship, or anything, or just being here, being in existence, which sometimes is very difficult. And there's some things you're grateful for that sometimes you're like, am I really? I don't want to be grateful for that. I don't. I don't feel gratitude. But I mean, gratitude. I think is an amazing way to sort of enriching uh, your environment, right? once you look around and start being grateful for certain things you may have taken for granted, then you realize uh, you have a lot more. There's, there's a surplus in your life of different things if you uh, take a sort of gratitude uh, approach to certain things.
And that's very difficult. When you're going through a hard time, it's very difficult to be grateful. If you're going through sickness, if you're going through a financial crisis or some sort of uh, emotional issue or relationship, it's very difficult to be grateful in those particular moments because your all your energy is focused on, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, a little thought, frog in my throat. All your energy is focused on the issue that is stressing you out. You're in that moment. Uh, now, often in we hear about a lot of mindfulness or in spiritual practices, we talk about being in the moment. But sometimes you got to disconnect from the moment. Sometimes the moment is just too much. And sometimes the moment isn't the whole story. Yes, we know all we have is this moment. But we also know that the future, the past, they exist. Not in the way that the moment exists. But they do exist. Uh, people may say, well, you know, the future is an illusion because it hasn't happened yet. The past is an illusion because it's gone. True, but an illusions can still have impact. So I think sometimes you have to be grateful, maybe for not what's happening right now, but grateful for what could be or be grateful for what was. And that, I think, can really uh, change uh, your perspective. Um, as I'm saying this right now, I'm looking at a carton of food and it has what, you know, when you go to the store, you see nutrition facts right on the back of the box of cereal or cookies, whatever you buy. And it has the ingredients, it has how many calories, many grams of fat, all of this stuff. And sometimes we need sort of the, the nutrition, we need the, like the nutritional facts of our life and how much percentage of stress, how much percentage of hope and gratitude and things we're taking for granted. What are the particular percentages that we're living and how do we increase some things and decrease other things? And these are all things that I think we should be sort of driving for uh, just to maybe live a better life, but if not live a better life, just to live life. You know, sometimes people would like, we're so stuck in either the mundane or we're so overwhelmed about either what's happening in our personal lives or what's happening in the world around us that sometimes we just get caught up and we lose sight of this sort of appreciation of every little moment that we can. And that, that means being, that means everything. So... It may it might be a very good cup of coffee, and just taking the time to appreciate that, and maybe taking the time to really appreciate a good book or a phone call from a friend you haven't spoken to in a long time, or a good movie that you might have seen, or maybe a news story that made you feel happy or hopeful. And this, or you know, you looked out the window and saw the sun shining, or there's birds talking to you loud, whatever. Something that made you say, wow, okay, this, this, I'm just going to appreciate this right now. Hey, so that was an encore presentation of the episode playing in and around the machine from the first season three years ago. So some thoughts now. And I will say that I think uh, so the idea of tinkering with life, tinkering with things, playing in and around the machine uh, is is important. And I think as kids, we we always we kind of experiment with different things, right? With how we play, with how we dress, and then as we begin to grow older, we go into adulthood, 
we have sort of this sort of sometimes rigid idea of who we are or what we could be. So I think it's important as adults to sort of um, remember sort of that childhood-like approach uh, to living and just like, hey, like, what's fun? What do I like? What do I want to do? Now, of course, you're an adult, so there's limitations, but still, I think you can sort of incorporate that, it, but it has to be dedicated to approach to it. It's, it's not something maybe that comes naturally for many people, to have that sort of try to see things uh, the way a kid would when you're just sort of dealing with life and just sort of trying to figure out, okay, are the person you are, is that the person you wanted to be? And is, is there someone else you want to be? And is there still time to be that person? You can be. You you hear our stories all the time of people who are 50, 60, 70, even 80 years old who, who switched up and, and started doing things a little differently. Maybe it's their personal relationships, maybe the way they conducted business, maybe they picked up a new hobby, whatever. So I think sort of sort of treating life as a a field of play and sometimes it's sort of uh, as work and sometimes I think we just think of it as, oh, okay, we got to do this and do that and until we die. But I think there's there's a lot more that we can do. And as far as gratitude, I think as I mentioned that episode, I think I always had I had strong feelings that gratitude was it felt wrong to be grateful if I wanted more, before if I was dissatisfied. But I think if you can be grateful even in the situations that, on the surface, are like oh, this is not good. And I, I think it can be empowering and, and, it's a, and it can be liberating uh, to to think more uh, in that sort of fashion. And as far as the thing that sparked the episode, like being at the laundromat and seeing those signs, I still look at those signs when I go to the laundromat, and I still think about the idea of playing in and around the machine, not against it in real life. When it's the laundromat, yes, if especially kids, you shouldn't be playing around the machine. That could be dangerous. But in life, you need a little play. You need some experiment, experimentation and things like that. Thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, in the podcast notes, you can, you know, you want to send an email, uh, let me know, give me some feedback. If you uh, want to support the podcast, there's information also like that in the podcast notes. So take care of yourself.